Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Okay, so my question today involves the persecuted church. And I'm wondering, in all your years of travel, Ron, and I know, Karis, you've been traveling the last several years as well, can you tell me something you have learned from the persecuted church? Well, First of all, Joy, remember this, that persecution varies country to country, and therefore nobody can be really the authority or an authority on it. We just take glimpses, pictures of it mm-hmm. as we travel around, and it's it's something that you just, you try to put in context of the time you're living in, the country you're in, the situation, but some people want to be the authority on it. And it's because there's this love affair that we have of hearing how Christians are persecuted. I don't know why it's there, but it's, it's, it's not very, it it doesn't build up the body of Christ. Sometimes Mm. it more separates it. And it's, it's It's a a sensational thing. It's a sensational thing. And overseas, the, the pastors in these various countries, they don't want to be known as the persecuted church. As I've told people before, They want to be known as the persevering church because Mm. they recognize our love affair with hearing about their suffering. And it's it's something they want to put aside because in their view, um, it's basically that they want to get the job done of preaching the gospel, having people accept Christ, Mm. and having them established in quality churches that replicate and multiply with more people coming to know God. That is their goal. If that involves persecution or um, rules that constrain them from from mm. preaching the gospel or whatever this may be, harassment, anything like that, they take it in stride and they will operate through it, sometimes around it a little bit or whatever to get the job done. But they don't harp on it. In fact, you have to pull it out mm. of them when you're interviewing them many times as to what they have gone through and the price that they have paid to preach the gospel. So therefore, I, I we approach right. this subject a little bit differently than probably other organizations, simply because they just say, don't ask us about that. Okay. Let, let's, let's leave that behind. And we know that people want to know. North Americans seem to be quite obsessed with the persecuted oh, church it's in that way. Yes. So let me rephrase the question then. Yeah. Can you guys tell us what you've learned from the persevering church? Ah, no, that's a different story. <laughs> and um, there's, there's all sorts of things. Karis, jump in here at any time, but I'll start with this one okay. so that we get the, the ground rules correct. The persevering church is a church that is growing under the persecution, shall we say, mm-hmm. and they are growing both in numbers and in depth and in um, their enthusiasm. And it appears that all the problems that are thrown at them, all the negative forces to try to restrict them is only adding fuel to the fire. Um, one time, sitting in China with one of these leaders of the house church movement, this was quite a few years ago, he said to me, he says, he says, Rather than pouring water on the gospel, they don't realize it, but they're pouring gas on the gospel. Mm. And that is really what we see over and over again. The more that they get persecuted, the more they are determined to go out and share the gospel. One time in Ethiopia, I was interviewing this one brother, and they beat him up every time he went out. Mm. And, uh, he, you know, he had broken arms, cracked ribs, black eyes. Do you name it? They did it. 
And um, this one time he came in and he was a little battered. I'd met him on several occasions and, and he was a little battered more than usual. And I said, so you're out witnessing again? <laughs> and he says, yeah. And he says, how can you tell sort of thing? And um, I, I said, so who, who does this and do they ever get upset at what they've done? Do they feel remorse about it? Oh, he says, almost always. Oh, wow. Almost always they come to me afterwards and they will, in one way or another, apologize, hmm. not ask forgiveness, but just sort of say, I, I, I didn't like what I did. And they say, well, I didn't like it either. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm willing to do this because the message that I have about Jesus is worth taking a few bumps and bruises for you Hmm. as someone who is lost for eternity. And therefore, they say, that's the way we explain it. And that sort of makes them listen, he says. And they sort of perk up and say, what do you mean lost for eternity? What do you mean you're willing to suffer for me, even if I hit you while you're telling me this? And then they explain the gospel. So the one thing I've learned is that persecution for many of these brothers is a good jumping off point to get into why am I not upset about you beating on me? Mm. Because I love you and it gives me an opportunity to explain. So that's one of the things we've learned. I think one of the things that I've learned is that, especially here in North America, difficulties and difficult situations that we're in become a distraction for us. And uh, we feel like we need to focus on that. We need to tell everybody about what's going on, how difficult our life is. And it mm -hmm. takes away from our testimony. Whereas overseas, um, like you said, they don't focus on that. That is that is their motivating factor to keep going. Whereas for us, it's a distraction. Exactly. And another one on top of that would be the fact that the persecution that is thrown at them um, is, is more than just an opportunity. It's a badge of showing Jesus that they are determined. Mm -hmm. Nothing will stand in our way. And the anointing that comes upon these soldiers for Christ by the Holy Spirit is rather astounding. And you can tell the quality of the anointing that the Holy Spirit is, is, has given them according many times to how many times they've been in prison or uh, how many lashes they've taken or all these sorts of things. It appears that that um, is a mark upon them about we are determined, we are determined. Um, this is true in China, and I've been told this many times, um, the fact that you really do not <laughs> you really do not rise in the hierarchy of the house church movement in China until you've been in prison or suffered for Christ to the extent that you've proven your loyalty. Oh. And therefore, <laughs> somebody walking in saying, well, I've never been in prison, I've never been in trouble, I've never done this, I've backed off on this, they don't look down on the person, but they say, no, you right. haven't quite been there yet as to paying the price that is necessary to lead others. Hmm. So therefore... It's almost an expectation that it will come. Yeah, it is. Right. It is. It's an expectation and it will come. Right. Those that live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There's no doubt about it. And do you feel that um, North Americans, certainly not in comparison, we don't suffer any of the same kind of persecution um, for our beliefs. Um, and I, I wonder if we 
had the same kind of trouble, would our faith be strengthened? The logic says yes. Logic says yes, but um, many. let me put it this way. Many people are persecuted for their faith now, and um, they, they go to work. They live godly lives. They may share Jesus. They may be demoted in their job, right. rank, etc., yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, they may pay a price that way, or they may lose friends or family members that won't talk to them because they're believers. Mm-hmm. And that is that is true persecution for their faith. There's right. no doubt about it. Um, many times we love to tell the story as to how we've been persecuted, going back to our original thought, rather than take it in stride, don't talk about it, move on. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think over here... Um, I think we've got to go through another level of purification, shall we say, or preparation before we encounter real persecution of that type that they're experiencing overseas. Because I could just see it now. Everybody's going to be writing a book on my five years in jail for Jesus. (laughs) Um, You know, it'll it'll be a mark of pride. Right. And it will be a moneymaker and it will be maybe all sorts of things that will go right to our ego. Whereas overseas, it doesn't do that. It's the other angle. It's sort of like, Lord, I'm not worthy uh, to suffer for you in this way. Um, and the, oh, I've heard that over and over and over again. They don't consider themselves worthy to be right. suffering in such a way. I, don't, I wish I had a dollar, shall we say, for every time I've heard that from a national believer. So there's a humility that is built into them before they really go through the suffering. And the persecution, kind of what you guys are saying, really is its own witness to the the unbelievers. I remember you you tell this story of a young girl, I think she was in Vietnam, I'm not sure, and she was paraded throughout the streets um, with the common prisoners. And they did that to humiliate her. But what ended up happening was um, a, just a big, massive following of Christ. Yes. People that just said, why are they persecuting her? For And all she would say is, I'm a believer. Yeah. So yeah. would you agree with that, that really it's a, oh, it really it is. pushes more people to follow the Lord? A, a similar story to that one is in China, where all the Bible school students were all stripped naked and paraded through the city, chained together, taken to prison. Um, and uh, I, I remember talking to the young lady, like you said, it was mm-hmm. a young lady who gave her testimony, but there was a young man sitting beside her who was in the same thing. She says, yes, they, they tried to humiliate us. They took us through town, like uh, um, tying us up like horses, shall we say, right. and parading us through. Then they took us to jail. We spent time in jail. We came out. And she says the strangest thing when we came out happened. She says there was a church that popped up <laughs> because they humiliated us. And uh, she says, we didn't realize it, but we were church planting by being humiliated in that way. Because, as you said, the people noticed what their reaction was to the persecution. Our reaction is we fight back and demand Uh, our rights. Theirs was a different model whereby they went to jail. They didn't fight. They went in there. They paid their time. I don't know Mm -hmm. how many months or I don't think it was years, but it would be months. And then they got out from that, came back. The people had said, why, why, why? Somebody mm-hmm. else had come into town, explained the gospel to them. Church popped up, and it was because of their example. The reaction, that is exactly, it reminds me of that story you tell in Ethiopia where the man burnt down the church, mm-hmm. and then he snuck <laughs> back to the burnt down church, and he found them all praying for him. Yes. 
And then yeah. he became a believer. Oh, he did. And he, a church planter. <laughs> yeah, a church planter and one of the best who's, mm. who's so excited about the Lord right now. He's beaten all the time now mm. by others that would persecute him. And, oh, yeah, he was, he was, he was quite a piece of God's work, <laughs> shall I say. Um, I, I still remember the, he got up. He was in a room with about, oh, 12 other people. And this guy jumped up to preach at us <laughs> about the Lord, etc. Not preach bad, not preach condemning, right. but preaching with enthusiasm. And then we figured out from his testimony who this guy was because oh. we didn't know where he went to and he disappeared. And uh, we heard about the guy that burnt down the church, etc. Here's the guy. He surfaced in our <laughs> wow. meeting and he was a church planter. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that time, a couple of dozen churches he'd started. Hmm. And uh, therefore, no. Um, the persecution, it depends on how you handle it. Right. It really is. It will be there for everybody. And it's just one of the things that we go through as believers. Now, there are a lot of people, let me put this one in joy. And this is a lesson we've learned as well uh, from around the world. There are a lot of people who will never be persecuted, who go to church, call themselves believers, maybe are believers, and they will never be persecuted. Because they don't make a stand hmm. or they, um, they dodge the bullets in such a way that they don't want to offend anyone. Just being a Christian sometimes in the midst of other people who are antagonistic to the gospel, you will draw attention, you will draw criticism, you will mm -hmm. draw bullets. And there's just no doubt about it. And therefore, these people don't want to... They don't want to stand that tall in the crowd. Hmm. And those are the people that I, I'm, well, I guess be honest with you, I feel sorry for um, because they are in many ways ashamed for Christ and, and ashamed of Christ rather. Now, there's some people on the other side of the coin who want to be persecuted hmm. and do their best <laughs> They seek a, it out. <laughs> oh, they seek. It, it's like a guided missile. They want to be persecuted. Oh, please hit me. Please hit me. Please hit me. I want to suffer for Jesus. In other oh, words, they, they, they are, what, what is it? what's the term I'm looking for here? They are looking for an opportunity to raise themselves above the crowd so that they can have attention and they will be as obnoxious as they can be for Jesus so that they will be persecuted. Oh. Because to them, that's the goal. That's the badge. So, well, they, but, they, they want it for themselves. Hmm. It's not for Jesus. They want the attention. Our partners overseas, though, by no means do they look for the persecution. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so that's, that's no. The, it, it comes automatically. <laughs> they don't have to look for it. Right. And then they handle it differently. It's not a badge of their own worth. It's the fact that they feel unworthy. They don't look for it, and they don't dodge it either. Mm. So they walk that path in the middle, whereas over here we've got people on both sides. Right. So really what I'm hearing is for us here in North America, if we if we live for Christ, there's no doubt we're going to face some kind of persecution. It may not look what our partners overseas face, mm -hmm. but the way to handle that is to carry on exactly. with grace and exactly. not to brag, not to talk, just no. to carry on through that. And that's, that's a great lesson. We get the word persevering. Persevering. We have to be a persevering church. We have to be persevering believers no matter what. Right. Not arrogant or proud because we are persecuted, but we will just mm -hmm. persevere. We'll keep on going. Okay. Well, thank you guys. That was great.